For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 184 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. That's right, we're back. Somehow, some way. Pod we found our way. way back here. Buddy, we had something kind of interesting happen today. Really? What is yeah. that? We got reviewed in a blog. Really? Yeah. I got the notification on Twitter this morning. I am all of a sudden nervous yet excited. I, yet I mean, probably. I'm I'm here to say, like, I read it. It's by no means like a glowing review, but it's a fair review. Okay. Okay. So you ready? This is from RokuDepot.com or Roku R O Q O O Depot.com. Uh, Blue Harvest, episode 183. They talk about Will Wheaton, what making Star Wars podcast would be what Star Wars characters. They go over the mid-season trailer for Star Wars Resistance. They talk about Resistance figures. They play an adult spoof song, which didn't make sense to me. Inside joke for the podcast, I'm assuming. And they go over listener feedback. This was my first time listening to this podcast. They have excellent audio quality and production quality but I'm not sure if it's something I'll be checking out again. You might want to give them a listen to see if it's something you like. Fair warning, there's a lot of F-bombs in adult language, so if you listen with your kids, keep that in mind. The podcast network is making Star Wars runtime an hour and 42 minutes. Audio quality, excellent. Production quality, excellent. Hosts, Will and Halls, rating, okay. Ooh. Hey man, hey, we, we got, you know what? You, you take them where you can get them. We right? got, hey man, we got excellent on audio quality and production. That's it. Sounds to me like the reviewer is a fan of Airhorn. <laughs> oh no! <coughs> yeah, that means we may not have much interesting to say, but at least you can hear us say it very clearly. And there's going to be colorful language. And look. 
that review, I I can't. I have. I I've got nothing to. I, I have no, no place rebuttal. To argue. It, I like, he 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 nailed us right on the nose. You got me. Yep. You probably don't want to listen to this with kids around. Uh, yes, there is an adult spoof song, and uh, we dropped yes. some f bombs. That's uh, hey. Tiger can't change his stripes. Blue Harvest can't change his filthy fucking mouth. <laughs> We've washed it with soap several times. It's, it's not like we haven't tried. Soap poisoning. Listerine. If you hold it till the burn goes away, then you're just numb to life. Oh, my goodness. I remember some fucking hooligans. Uh, and the Boy Scouts during summer camp, you know, you would you would uh, bring like um, trial size or like travel size mouthwash. Some kids yeah. would, right? Yeah, yeah. And these kids would pay you a dollar for your mouthwash, and they would fucking take that shit to the dome, chug it. Oh, drink it! Oh yeah, man, trying Ooh. to catch a buzz. Ooh, a uh, buzz! I this saw not. There's alcohol. There's not enough alcohol in there. I know, but when you're a fucking hooligan Boy Scout, I I saw this one kid. His name was Jay. Puking, vibrant green. Who knows how much this dude drank. Oh, it's just so sad. It's just so sad. (laughs) That poor kid. I think the Scoutmasters felt so bad for him that like he didn't really even get in much trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so we've got some stuff to talk about this week. We are going to talk about the, did you see the latest episode of resistance? Yes. Yes, I did. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some episode nine business from John Boyega and EA fucks it all up again. Surprise. Uh, Surprise. How many times? How many times? Before Can we, you fumble the football? Before we get to all that, though, let me give you guys the business. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. Email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We have a Patreon page where every Monday we release bonus Blue Harvest content for little or as little as three bucks a month. Bonus content like Blue Harvest Adventures, where we play the West End game, Star Wars role-playing game with our buddy Rob and with Jesse and Colleen and Will and I are there. It's a whole lot of fun. Uh, Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Will. Cook or Steel. Cooking with Will. With Will. Oh no, it's Hall Solo. Steve versus the prequels. Might be showing up sometime soon. And uh, some other stuff and other stuff coming. So you can check that out. Try it out if you're into that sort of thing. Patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And we're very excited to be part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Where we are the okay podcast in a sea of excellent podcasts. What podcast, you ask? Now this is podcasting. Steel Wars, Woo! I like this. Rebel Girl, Oscar Meyer, Rogue One, yeah! Podcast 2187, G-O-D. 
the Sith list. Tarkin's top shelf. Uh, Idiot's Array. Uh, First Order Transmissions. And the Cargo Hold. How's that for production quality? Maybe that'll bump us up. Maybe if he does listen again, instead of an okay, we get a like a, all right, all right. I actually, or maybe he's like these two fucking guys. <laughs> oh, I got some podcast reviews for you this week. Fuck you. That's right. I'm dropping F bombs now. <laughs> Fuck you, son. Oh. Rating? Oh, Fuck oh, you, son. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Don't be like that. Dude. Don't be like that. Buddy, come back. Like I said, I can't. I have no rebuttal. He's yeah, right. He, he we was, have no filter. He, he was perfectly on the nose. Yep. I can't. Like, I can't disagree with the review. Like, I haven't. I haven't read a more true review in my life. For real, like uh, I'm not trying to be like salty peanuts over here. I'm I'm being like, hey man, good on you. Thanks. Hey, thanks for the download. Most of all, unless you torrented it or something. Why would we even be up on a torrent? I don't know. What do you want to talk about first this week? Well, how's how's your week been, buddy? It's been a good week. I cannot complain. Anything? You get up to anything interesting? Any shenanigans? Uh, no, shenanigan free. My life stays pretty boring. Shenanigan free. Pretty vanilla. <laughs> I don't think I really have any shenanigans to report on this week. Well, anyways, of our three stories, the three things we're going to cover this week, what you want to tackle first? Do you want to get the negative out of the way first? Do you want to do the good stuff first? What do you want to do? Yeah, let's do the bad stuff so we can cleanse the palate afterwards. I like that. I like that approach. All right. So, let's go back into the Wayback Machine. 2013, shortly after the dis- the the disbanding, the shutting down, the shuttering of LucasArts, it is announced that EA Electronic Arts, if you're nasty, um, have acquired a 10-year license to make Star Wars video games. Uh, the first game they announce, Star Wars Battlefront, comes out in November of 2015. Uh, then, around, I believe, 2016. Yes, 2016? Yes. It is announced that they have a couple of other games in development, one of which is a game being headed by Amy Henning who was known as one of the main writers on the Uncharted series on PlayStation. And that's being developed uh, with, you know, with a EA studio, Visceral Studios, right? They also at that time announced that Respawn Entertainment, the makers of Titanfall, Titanfall 2, are also developing a Star Wars game. Then 2017 rolls around. And we get the announcement of Battlefront 2 to come out in November of that year. October 2017 rolls around and word comes out that the Amy Henning-led game being developed at Visceral is being canceled and Visceral Studios is being shut down. Visceral Studios was known for 
several games, but in more recent times, they were the developers of the Dead Space series. Just a super bummer, like bummer after bummer. Right. <clears throat> so then we get word that the game was canceled, but it was going to be restructured into, and I don't, I was trying to look this up today. I don't know that it was ever officially announced as an open world Star Wars game, but there were some job listings that came out right around the same time looking for someone to work on an open world Star Wars game being developed uh, at EA Vancouver, which was the studio that was taking over what was left of this Amy Henning project, right? Right. And then our buddy Jason does his uh, his investigative reporter shenanigans and the thing that he does releases all kinds of badass content about what that visceral game was going to be. It was being developed under the title, like the code name Ragtag. You were going to play as a character named Dodger. He was called that because he basically dodged the Imperial draft. Um. It was going to take place in between, or like shortly before, no, not before, I think between A New Hope and Empire, because it was going to deal with sort of the aftermath of the destruction of Alderaan and things like that. And, you know, some of the stuff he released sounded really cool. You know, it was always kind of a question of, well, will any of those elements be reworked into this open world Star Wars game? Well... Then Monday, Kotaku.com releases an article saying that the open world Star Wars game being developed by EA Vancouver has been canceled. So, this is technically the second time this game has been canceled. And here we are in 2019, six years after EA got the license, and we have two Star Wars games to show for it Battlefield. Or Battlefront and Battlefront 2. <clears throat> and not saying that they haven't done a lot to try to correct the initial issues with Battlefront 2, but that was a fiasco. It was. That was There's the no loot box fiasco that defined, you know. And it is a it, bummer. It dropped, dropped a hammer on what... The public perception of that game. Yeah, it, it dropped a hammer on what people would take, you know, a, about microtransactions yeah and you know thankfully i mean it had to happen eventually you know one of these companies had to push that shit too far and people would be like hold up y'all that's too much it sucks that it happened with a star wars game but hopefully that will lead to some less predatory practices by these companies right right but (laughs) i mean you um, have to let these people know when they step out of line and like, know that they're sticking it to you. You have to say, look, this is bullshit, and we're not going to take it. And the real shame of it to me is the fact that Battlefront 2 is a solid game. It is. Graphically, gameplay, it's fun. I still play Battlefront 2 from time to time, and I enjoy my time with it. So it wasn't the quality of the game that brought that game down. It was the corporate decisions with the game that brought that game down, you know? Right. Of course. <laughs> and, like, I want to get on there and unlock Obi-Wan. You know what I mean? Get play General Grievous. Like, they've added lots of cool shit to that game. But, 
that aside, we're still six years into this deal with EA, and we only have two games of the same genre, no variety, and the first one came out to sort of a meh, you know what I mean? It wasn't like people were furious about it, but people weren't super hyped on it either. It was incredibly, incredibly <clears throat> underdeveloped, I'd say. You know, it was seemed like a rush job. It looked great, it played great, but there wasn't a lot there, you know? Right. So, um, and then this open world Star Wars game, like... Come on, how is... So, there's more to this. I should probably dig into to some of the extra information that's come out since the initial story so we can discuss it, like, fully. Oh, okay. Um, so, apparently, um, this game, uh, after the original publication of the article... They reached out and talked to some of the other people familiar with the project. Uh, apparently, it was going by the project codename Orca, was in very early development, but would involve playing as a scoundrel or bounty hunter who could explore various open-world planets and work with different factions across the Star Wars universe. Awesome. Sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. EA's top decision makers looked at the roadmap for the next year and decided that they needed something earlier than the planned release date for Orca, according to two people familiar with what happened. So they canceled Orca in favor of, small, in favor of a smaller scale Star Wars project that's now aimed for much sooner, sooner, likely late 2020, which also happens to be around the time that I've heard next-gen consoles will launch. So, and then EA came out with a statement. There's been speculation overnight about one of our Star Wars projects. As a natural part of the creative process, the great work by our team in Vancouver continues and will evolve into future Star Wars content and games. We are fully committed to making Star Wars games, we're very excited about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order from Respawn, and we'll share more about our new projects when the time is right. So that's one thing I've seen some confusion about online. Because this open world project never had like an official name out there, some people were assuming that this meant Jedi Fallen Order was canceled. That's not the case. As, yeah, this is not the same thing, right? Yeah, right. Fingers crossed, as of right now, that game is still scheduled to come out in the latter part of this year. You know, probably November-ish, like, you know, the same area where EA has been releasing their Star Wars games previously. Um, <clears throat> what's fucking dumb about this is, so they're scaling it down to be... Uh, a smaller Star Wars project that they can get out by next year. I understand that. I understand that the development of a big open world game takes years sometimes. Like, most recently, Red Dead Redemption 2 took like eight or nine years to make, right? Yeah. So I understand the need, like, not the need, but like from a business standpoint to be like, well, we've got this much left on our license. We've got till 
2023. And, and I don't think, honestly, I don't even think that it was, they were worried about the quality of it. Like if, if they came out and said, look, we've got limited time with the license. It's not assured. We're going to get it renewed. We couldn't put out a open world star Wars game that was of the quality it needed to be. That's not what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But so they're scaling it down to be a smaller project. You know what sounds like a smaller project to me? What? Project Ragtag. What the game was originally going to be that they canned. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It was from like all, 1313? Yeah, it was going to be more in the line of um, Uncharted. Star Wars Uncharted. Is, okay. Is the word, like from a oh the Amy Hennig came as well. right right Star Wars okay. ragtag the one Jason got all the I information. thought you were talking about the original cancellation of what I is this where this original birth started you know has this game like cursed to be I don't know because you know there was a lot of talk when EA first took over and I don't know if any of it was official or was was true that um that EA may pick up development and work on 1313. I think in some regards, because from what we heard about the ragtag story from makingstarwars.net, it did not sound like the story that we were going to be getting in 1313, right? Right. So I don't think it really was, but similar in regards to it was going to be a third-person action-adventure game, you know, in the vein of an Uncharted or something like that. Right. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Like, so they canceled it because they wanted to turn it into a big open world game, a games as a service type game. And then they canceled it again because they wanted to do something smaller. So they're basically on this one project going back and forth and back and forth. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, I see. Why not just finish the development on Ragtag? It probably would have been out last year from all you know, reports about it and stuff like they could have, cause it got canceled in October, 2017. It probably had they stayed the course would have been able to release that. I'm guessing, uh, around the end of last year, you know, November is 2018. Right. But no, instead they're doing dumb EA shenanigans. I can't wait. Like I've tried to be patient. Um, and in all fairness, EA is responsible for a lot of games I absolutely love. EA is the publisher of the Mass Effect series. They own Bioware now. You know what I mean? Um, I do, yeah. You like the Battlefield games. That's EA. I do. You yeah. know? <clears throat> I just don't see how you get the Star Wars license and can't figure that shit out. How do you bungle every single move you make? Every move you make, you know, you can't, you just can't come off looking good on any single decision or move. I don't know how that's even possible. It feels like a curse. I know it's not, but. Well, if you told me that someone put a a curse on EA Star Wars, I believe it at this point. Just the massive mishandling of the, the, the property and the license. So, I don't know, man. Like. 
I'm still excited. I will be very excited when Jedi Fallen Order comes out. I want a strong single-player Star Wars experience. I know it's not going to be the the Star Wars game that I want the most, though, which is an open-world game. I want to be able to explore various Star Wars planets and carve my own path in the galaxy or whatever goofy, you know, fucking uh, buzzword they would use, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And at this point... Uh, a Star Wars open world ga- ga- uh, game from EA, at least, seems out of the cards. I don't know that they could get something like that up and running and and developed with any level of quality before the license is up. You know? So. At this point, you know, with <clears throat> everything you've done, why not just end? I mean, I guess are they just going to try to ride it out quiet, I guess? No, if I had to guess, like... If that report by Kotaku is correct, they're going to try and have Jedi Fallen Order come out this year. They're going to have another right. game come out next year, which I'm fine with. I want, give me a Star Wars game a year. I'm not trying to be greedy and say I need no. multiple. But as give long me as one you put good time into it, don't just be slapping slapping things <laughs> together. What is it they call it in the toy industry? Uh, when you just slap the brand on anything? Oh, shit. I don't know. Oh, shit. Anyway. Um. But yeah, I I just don't see how you can get the Star Wars license and fuck it up this bad. Like it's embarrassing. Continuously. You know, you could you would think you would course correct after the first one. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what this is continuously, but this is one big ass course correction. Well, see the thing is is like had they not done the ridiculous loot box shit with Battlefront 2, I think a lot of people would have viewed that game as a course correction from the first Battlefront, you know? Yeah. Just from a features standpoint, it had a campaign that was really good, really fun. I enjoyed the story. Uh, graphically, like it, it made so many improvements by leaps and bounds, but it got hamstrung by their fucking corporate decisions to to try and... And, and see, the thing is, is it sucks because... On one hand, I des- I understand like these huge AAA titles cost a shit ton of money to develop, you know. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I just and and you know, if you've got a limited time license of ten years, you don't really have the time to sink in. A, 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 you know, a seven to eight year rock star style development time into a video game, you know, unless like, you start right away. You do. Yeah. Strong. I mean, the thing is, is you're right. You're 100% right. Like there are so many studios under EA that they could have assigned a massive open world game to one of those studios from the jump. And and really put the time into it, and other studios could have been doing Star Wars games too, you know? <clears throat> I just, I don't know, man. I'll be stoked when the license is over. I hope that at that point, they don't renew the license with EA. Unless the next four years, four to five years, however long it is, we get some of the most incredible, like, you're going to need to see the biggest comeback in video game history for me to be like, oh, yeah, it'd be great if EA EA gets the license again. And I don't see that happening. I'm not saying that these 
games will be bad. I just, I don't know, man. It's there's only so many so many cancellation <laughs> announcements and stuff that I can take and disappointments I can take before I'm just too bummed. You know, like <coughs> I don't know, man. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. I'll be interested to see what this uh, this other project is um, that they're trying to refocus to. And I hope they have other stuff in the pipeline because from all reports, it doesn't seem like there's a Battlefront 3 in development. So <laughs> all they've done is Battlefront so far. And if they're not doing one of those, what the fuck are they going to do? Yeah, what are you doing? Unless you think they'll do a Battlefront three, they might at some point. Maybe maybe they'll they'll do that after um, the sequel trilogy is done, and they can incorporate, you know, all nine episodes of the Star Wars saga, and um, and really pimp it out. But I don't know. You know, <laughs> like I said, all reports seem to be that there's nothing. They're not really working on a battlefront three at this point. Yeah. You know, if they were, that would, and, and if they were, and it was going to follow the release schedule for the previous battlefronts, we'd be looking at battlefront three coming out this year. And it's not, I doubt they're going to put two star Wars games out that closely, you know, Jedi fallen order and battlefront three. They're not going to do that. Yeah. I don't think so. So, you got anything else you want to add to this bummer? No. Okay. Let's talk about something much cooler. Yeah, let's bring it up. What did you think about this week's episode of Resistance Bebo? I thought it was I thought it was good. I was getting a little irritated at the beginning and then the big monster showed up and I was like, "All right, this is kickass." All right, officially kickass. All the fighters kicked in. It was cool. Yeah, you know, like I Bebo said, Bebo was getting on my nerves, but then I was like, "Oh, like um Mom was looking for baby. Yeah, like I said last week. Classic when, premise. I mean, it's, you know. Right. Like I said last week when we were talking about the mid-season trailer, all that crazy cool stuff we saw in the mid-season trailer, that, that's not going to encompass the entire second half of this season. You know, <clears throat> it, they showed us the cool heavy shit that's probably going to be coming towards the latter half, you know. Um. Strangely enough, I don't know if this was intentional, but I got a Jaws Part 3 vibe from this episode. Have you ever seen Jaws Part 3? Yes, where they keep the baby great white shark. That dies. Mama that dies, yeah. And then the mama great white shark. It's set in basically like SeaWorld. Right. And they find they rescue or, or find a baby great white shark. It dies in their custody or in their care. And then the mama great white shark finds out and she's pissed and yeah. she proceeds to eat everybody and terrorize like eat everyone Dennis Quaid loves. Yes. So and there's this great underwater scene. They have this underwater command post that's got this giant ass sheet of glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and it was supposed to be a 3D movie. Jaws 3D was supposed to be a 3D movie. Well, it was so in the theaters. You're right. And this is the scene that the whole movie is sold upon, right? <coughs> so you basically, you, you know, you spend a good couple couple seconds, maybe even a minute, watching that shark come in, you, you, like break the glass and come on in. 
Yeah. Uh, and then it's just insane after that. And the reason it's so funny is because the shark is so bad. You know, it, people make fun of how bad Bruce, the original Jaw Shark, was. But I thought, you know, given the time and how they shot it, you know, even in the real water, like, Jaws is shot so well that it doesn't matter how bad Bruce is, honestly. Dude, you know, Jaws is one of my favorite movies of all time, the original. I love it. It's wonderful. That movie. It's a wonderful movie. It's one of those things that, like, tackles the subject matter that fucking terrifies me. Large, man-eating beasts underwater. Like, I do not like the concept of large shit underwater. You know what I mean? Giant squid? No, thank you. I maybe I think I may be wrong, but I believe the term is thalassophobia, like oh. the fear of deep dark water and what could be down there. Oh well, there you go. Um, fuck yeah! Look at you making my my mind grapes smarter. Um, I could be wrong. Someone I should check myself on that. Uh, but as a kid, my favorite was Jaws three, not because it's a good movie, but because that's the one I had on VHS, and that's the one I watched. Uh the most as a kid um but do you do you see what i'm saying with that comparison did you get a little bit of a jaws 3 vibe uh yeah 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 the I baby did. doesn't die but no not at all um yeah uh, man it was a little more peaceful than i was expecting it to resolve yeah when they, they just but i mean it's a kid show so you know you don't you don't want to kill the mama monster it's not a good not a good look Oh, they, it looks like they would have had a hard-ass time with that. They were shooting that yeah, thing right. with missiles and shit, and it didn't seem to be doing much. Didn't phase Mama at all. Mama was ready to rip that thing into the sea. Yeah, I'll be honest. When the episode started, I was like, ooh, cute. You know, like, it's a cute sea monster episode, and it's a it's a, a Nico episode where he's he doesn't want to give up his new pet. I can identify with that, but I don't know that it makes for the. He was so emotional and so attached. Look, like, I'm... that's what struck me about Niku this, this episode. <coughs> I identify with him, man. That's me. That's me and Walter. I know. You're you're that way about animals. I mean, I I know that. Um, but once but it, it kicked it's odd. in, it was just so extreme for his character. Once it kicked in the high gear and the aces were out, like fighting the the big uh sea monster and Kaz was saving folk i thought that part was really cool it was cool I mean, so it's awesome that's what i said it everything picked up right about then and you know it was in high gear yeah kick it's and Kaz was showing off and helping out and being a good pilot yeah it's one of those things if you told me the the just two line premise Nico makes friends with a strange sea creature and hilarity ensues or something. I'd be like, yeah. ooh, probably not going to be one of my favorite like, episodes. Skip. But <clears throat> they really found a way to turn that into something I found pretty entertaining. So, yeah. <clears throat> All right. And then uh, the other thing we wanted to talk about this week is our buddy John Boyega. So... By all accounts, production on episode nine seems to be wrapping down, like wrapping up. It's it's in the final stretch. And this week, John Boyega posted a picture on his Instagram with the caption, "Great working on set. The whole team pushed themselves today to achieve something visually crazy. I've had many moments of shock on set, but not like today. And I can't wait until you know why." 
Hashtag FN2187. Uh, well, in that neat. What would you say the picture is? How would you describe this picture to our listeners that haven't seen it yet? Um, just from looking at it, it looks like John Boyega's dirty hands with a little spot of blood on one of his thumbs. Yeah. I mean, probably. Hey, they don't look calloused or blistered. They just look dirty. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess, it's probably just the aftermath of filming a big, a part of the big epic final battle scene, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the fact that he says it's like they work together to pull off something crazy visually. I got, I got to know what that is. That's what excites me, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, you know, I know by all accounts, I keep saying it. I think that's by all accounts. That's my fucking phrase for the evening. But I have heard by all intents and purposes. For all intents and purposes. For all intents and purposes. All intensive purposes, if you're trying to be wrong. For all intensive purposes. Um, but. For perpetual perpetuity. You know, we're not in the grand scheme of things that far away from episode nine. It feels like forever to me right now because it's at the end of this year. <clears throat> but we're really only about 11 months out at this point. So not that long until we know but i hope he revisits that post once episode nine is out and like clues us in on what he's talking about you know right kind of like i hope uh when episode nine comes out kevin smith specifies what that career best performance he saw on the set of episode nine was <clears throat> um, definitely the perfect hype i think yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. Getting me excited. It's, you know, making me curious. Yeah. I doing just, all the things you want from a little hype bump. I really want to see what the the big final battle of the Skywalker saga is. You know, like, how do they take that to the next level? Like, the Battle of Endor is pretty fucking sweet you know uh oh, yeah that space battle is it's a space else. battle and a land battle and uh you know like it's a lot of things and an emotional battle between and Luke there's and, a lightsaber fight in the middle of it like and and you know i don't think it will directly copy return of the jedi but in no way would i be surprised if we get something similar to where there's a big old ba land battle going on. There's a space battle going on. And then the personal shit between Ray and Kylo is going on all at once, you know? Right. <clears throat> so I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm ready to start seeing some stuff from episode nine. We probably don't have to wait too much longer. I'm ready to be able to call it something besides episode nine at this point. Like give me a damn title. Um, what do you think it's going to be? I don't know. I, I've, I'm never good at predicting Star Wars titles. Like, I've never been good at doing that, you know? And I've seen some people not necessarily... It's, it's funny. I didn't know what the hell they were going to name the Avengers one, but I was like, oh, that's perfect. And then I smacked my head, and I was like, it was in the movie before it. Like, it's perfect. Yeah, you know what's funny is 
that title, Avengers Endgame, people online called that. Like, Did they? Pretty closely after Infinity War came out. <clears throat> and the Russo brothers came out and said, oh, the title for Avengers 4 isn't spoken in Infinity War. So they pulled a little shenanigans on people to throw them off the trail. I see. Which, whatever. You know? I, I don't know if people made a big deal about that or not, but I just thought it was funny. They were like, no, it's not, it's not spoken in Infinity War. And then it turns out to totally be spoken. Totally. Totally was. <clears throat> um, yeah. Guys. Do, you, do you have any do you, guesses for the Episode Nine title? Is there anything mm. that's been kicking around in your head? I you know if I you hadn't put me on the spot I might have had something cool but not that you put me on the spot just that I I don't my mind is totally blank now. Yeah, I've seen some people floating some ideas around for the title on um Twitter and and things like that like not saying they know what the title is but just being like I think it's going to be this or wouldn't it be neat if it's this and you know I've seen a few people suggest like the last hope uh, instead of a new hope, it's the last hope. Um, and I wouldn't be opposed to that title. Like, I wouldn't be like, that title's dumb. But it's too final for me. Like, just on a like selfish, personal level, I'd be like, oh, well, that really does seem like they're putting an exclamation point on the end of this whole, like, enumerated star wars movie thing so they're really closing the chapter and sort of shutting the door on a possible episode 10 granted you know night or uh, friday the 13th part four was called the final chapter and there was seven fucking movies after that so title doesn't really mean you can't continue it you know right <clears throat> i don't know it, it'll be i've seen people say like episode nine balance of the force no, 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 no. It's going to be quippy and... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think... If Return of the Jedi weren't taken, that would be it. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, It'll be it'll be uh, grammatically incorrect and it'll be Return of the Jedis. Because you know the plural of Jedi is just Jedi. Return to them, return to them Jedi. Return of them there Jedi, my... Episode 9, Baloney Big Mac. In space. <laughs> oh, man, you're going to make me crave a Bologna Big Mac. Thick man, cut bologna, not thin slice. You got to get the thick cut. And you got to have the right kind of hot sauce on your potato chips. Yep. Um. So, buddy, our moisture farmer friends and families... Knocked it out of the park again. We got a lot of listener feedback to go over. Voicemails, emails. Uh -oh. We'll see as much as we can get to it, guys. You guys have been killing it. Like, I actually, when I was typing up the notes for the episode last week, I was telling Jesse, like, damn, we got a lot of emails and voicemails, which is awesome. I'm just afraid of the time that comes, like, when we have a lot of Star Wars. Because, you know, it's still a little bit of a dead period now, right? So when the time comes, you know, if we can't get to them all in a week, we will, no email or voicemail left behind. We will get to you guys. So, uh, 
you know, we're going to play an adult spoof song. And some of you, if this is your first episode, may not really get it. But it's an inside joke for the podcast. So just uh, hang out for a couple of minutes and try to have a good time. It is a little raunchy, though. So if you got kids, you might want to. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. Look, once again, I can't hate. It's 100% true. You should probably not listen to this episode or to this song around your kids. You know, like probably an excellent parenting choice. So here we go. drumming on the table during that yes i was <laughs> it sounded sounded good i was playing on this stupid little sample pad okay so first up we're gonna hear from our buddy our good pal the king. king of tom hey, show enough is show enough is that king of all toms hey Hawes and will I really enjoyed last week's episode and how the speculation and serious talk about Episode Nine is starting to ramp up. I guess we're all looking forward to a Star Wars movie coming out this year. But the conversation you guys had last week got me thinking a few different ideas about Episode Nine, especially about General Hux. And I know a lot of people, and it's apparent that even from the scenes in which we were introduced to them together, that Hux and Kylo Ren do not like each other. And... People are saying in episode 9, General Hux is going to turn on Kylo Ren. And I'm fine with that. I want to see something like that happen. It would go back to the, you know, the Star Wars idea from the prequels where evil is so greedy for power that it will turn on itself to get that power. The thing about that is, though, I don't want it to be a situation. And I've seen this a lot in comic books and other stories where good is taking on evil and I don't want the resistance or the rebellion to win only because Hux defects or Hux you know makes a decision against Kylo Ren that ends up crippling the First Order and makes it so that the the resistance can achieve victory. I don't want them to win that way. I want the victory of the rebellion of the resistance to be because they are their cause is just because they're stronger than the the First Order. And I, I know you, you could take a look at, say, Return of the Jedi and say, well, you know, Luke won because Darth Vader threw 
Palpatine down the shaft. And, well, two things about that. First of all, Anakin came back, and Anakin was the one who threw Palpatine down the shaft. But the other thing was, that Death Star was getting blown up either way, and <coughs> Luke, Vader, slash Anakin, and Palpatine were not getting off it before then. So... That, that's my thing. I want there to be a, a, a good, clear victory achieved by the Resistance through its own merits. And yeah, I, I think it would be cool if, if Hux turned on Kylo Ren and they fought, but I don't want the good guys to win because of that. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you're thinking. Thanks for listening. Keep the, up the great podcast. I'll talk to you later. All right. Uh, what do you think about that, Will? You take this one first. I want to hear what you've got to say. So... I don't think, I think just like we were talking before, I think the resistance victory will come on um, many different levels, you know, like, and I don't know that, that Kylo turning on Hux or stabbing Hux in the back will be, I definitely don't think it will be the pivotal, pivotal, it'll be the pit, oh, fuck. Pivotal. Pivotal, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, moment that turns the tides for the resistance. I, just like King Tom, <coughs> I, uh, I will. I would say like, I wouldn't be too into that. Like, I think it'll be a combined effort. Um, I mean, it may be a similar fall in the way of pride and hubris. Mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of the way the empire fell, for sure. And. I do think I didn't even consider like what if Hux does get captured or something by the resistance? Like have we seen that in the Star Wars movie where like somebody defects? No, I don't see that's the thing. I don't I really mean, see Finn defects. Right, but I don't really see like Hux or one of the higher ups in the first order defecting and joining the resistance. Like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So I hope they don't I do mean that. You see some side switching in the comics, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I just, um, I hope. I mean, again, in the novels too, I guess, in the legacy novels. Yeah, I just, I'm trying to think, like, have we seen the good guys capture a higher up villain? And, like, what would that look like if they did capture Hux? Would they interrogate him for some sort of um, intel about what the First Order is up to? It would be cool be cool well, to we've see. seen Saul Guerrero use the, the poor gullet. Yeah, on Bodhi, who was in the Empire, but not really like a higher up. And at that point, he had also defected. Um, yeah, like he, Saul Guerrero is not doing, not doing above board stuff. Yeah, it would be kind of cool to see Poe Dameron fucking rough up Hux. Just because I, I feel like Hux needs a solid slapping around. From see, the good I guys. don't. I think he gets slapped around enough by Kylo Ren. I don't need to see him physically abused. I mean, he's 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 on a path to a Grima worm tongue. Yeah, I could kind Hawks of. Hawks may be the downfall of Kylo Ren. He may be the knife in the back. Yeah. Unsuspectedly, like he did with Snoke, you know, like. Yeah, I could kind of see it going that way too. I'm just saying, like, Hux not. Domo Gleason, Hux, is such a bitch. I'd like to see him get roughed up by one of the good guys. I've never seen him kill anyone. Well, I mean, I guess you could say technically 
he kills a whole fuckload of people because he's the one who orders the firing of Starkiller Base. Is he, though? He's the one that gives the speech when it goes off. Yeah, he's the one who suggests using it to to Snoke. I mean, that's... I mean, yeah. But I'm saying, I'm just... You've never seen him pull a trigger, is what I'm saying. Or press a button. You know, you've never seen him kill anyone. Would you say Tarkin killed anybody? Mm. He gives the order for Alderaan to be blown up. No, yeah, no. I, you've never seen Tarkin kill anybody. He gives I, an order. I think, but I think Tarkin is absolutely I mean, responsible. responsible. And I think the same thing with Hux. But they didn't do the <coughs> killing. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's maybe from a certain point of view type of thing, though. I mean, I'm sure it is. Um, they didn't want to get their hands dirty. When you're that high up, you don't have to. I'm just saying it's dastardly. You dastardly bastards. You're um, a weak villain. You know, you're not a strong villain. Yeah. You're um, yeah. political villain. I don't know. I don't know. Because we don't know anything about the actual plot of nine it's it's hard to say what the first order's downfall is gonna be because like like king tom was saying in return of the jedi had anakin not turned good and killed the emperor right if if anakin hadn't returned return of the jedi um that, that death star was still gonna get blown up by the true chosen one Lando Calrissian and his buddy Nyan Numb. Like Han uh, Han and the commando team on the ground blew up the shield generator. That Death Star is still going up. So Well, there's no guarantee that the ground crew would have been successful if Han Solo hadn't been there. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. Like everybody else was was doing their job perfectly. Like so you can't pin the entire victory on Luke. You can pin the the personal victory of bringing his father back to the light side and yeah. and destroying the Sith. You can you can give Luke his props for that without a doubt, right? But you can't really say like Luke did a whole Luke, lot. Well, I mean, Luke's victory was pulling his father to the light side in order to end the empire. Right. <clears throat> right, but it all happened kind of inadvertently. I'm not sure that was his intention. Like Luke just showed up very paladin like with his morals and was like, "No, I'm just I'm not going to do this." You yeah, can't I, make I don't know. And, then, I, and I, then the cards, the destiny cards all fell where they did. For sure, but I would also say like it seems like Luke's faith or feeling that there was still good in Vader definitely played a part allowed him to act on it yeah it would allowed vader to act on it right and it you know but just saying like from what we saw in the movie had luke not been successful the empire probably still would have fallen luke would have died the vader would have died and the emperor would have died when that death star got blown up oh Um, yes unless you know like i don't know i mean we could get into this whole crazy marvel what if thing like what if Luke shows up on the Death Star, accepts uh, the Ooh, Emperor's plea, the Dark Lord of the right? Sith. and then the Emperor is not distracted by what's going on with Vader and Luke, and so he's able to uh, 
or put his whole focus and then what if since the death star is fucking fully operational who's to say at that point the emperor is just like not like fuck it blow up that moon who cares about a shield generator blow right. up the moon and then you know like we can or go down that rabbit hole all day as soon as luke turns and the emperor sends him out in a tie fighter and like he goes out and he blows up the millennium falcon oh. in on the chase through the interior of the um terrible i mean like death star not not like a terrible idea for a what if scenario just like a terrible mental image yeah right doing that is what i'm saying <clears throat> all right so next up we got a voicemail from our buddy rural farm boy let's hear what he says i bet you it's gonna start with how doing how's will how doing here we go any second now here we go how do how's and will serious anthony again rural farm boy drop you another message um not particularly star wars related maybe in a roundabout kind of way um yesterday i was listening to rogue one and mike and johnny you got you got the conversation got around to talking about going to celebration and oz is explaining again about staying in what's said to be that their haunted hotel and that put me to thinking a couple things um firstly Elijah's worried about some damn spook ghost following you home what is it 600 miles from Chicago back to your home um that would be very likely not at least to me in my opinion because that their spirit is in that their place because it's something familiar to it for whatever reason is that's why it's there why would it would not want to leave that place there'd have to be something really out of whack to happen for something like that if it were to ever be a real thing to happen that it would want to leave a, a place it's familiar with and second thing that come to my mind as i kept on thinking was this is maybe more for, I don't know if I want to call it personal experience, because actually it's more like lack of, is many, many years ago, I was married at one point, and the girl I was married to had claimed many different times, a place we staying in, that there was a spirit there that she could see. And she'd point out to be different points in times, and I had never seen nothing, not ever in my whole life, not none of my 52 years. Ain't never seen nothing. <clears throat> and she had said, well, that's because either you can or you can't see them. If you can't see them, then somehow or other, they're familiar with that and don't bother with you. So, Oz, if you ain't never seen nothing, I'd say you're good to go, buddy. Well, that's about that. And recording this Friday night, hopefully before Yin's record, which means waking up to listen to Blue Harvest Saturday morning with one or other kind of biscuits and gravy and coffee. May the force be with you. Love you both. See you on the radio. Thanks, buddy. Okay, I gotta say, so, you know, we've been 
what's it been, three or four months now that our buddy Anthony, a.k.a. Royal Farm Boy, has been calling into the show, right? And the first time we heard some, like, extra production value in the background was his pocket watch, and I thought it might be a bomb that he was diffusing. This time it sounds like he's in a rocking chair. Yeah, it does. Man, did the sound of that rocking chair relaxed me, and I was like, damn, I wish I recorded from a rocking chair. It would be nice. Anyways, yes, it is confirmed. Jesse and I are staying in the fucking haunted hotel for celebration. Hell yes. Uh... Hell no. Okay. So I want to, I want to, I want to like counterpoint one of his arguments. He says like, no, nah, it's probably not likely that a ghost is going to follow you home because that spirit is tied to that location. Well, what if that spirit really likes my moves, really likes my style? And it's like. Fuck you got to cut it off. You got to cut it off right like when you're doing, when you're packing <coughs> your bags and you're leaving, you make a very loud proclamation. You're like, I hereby declare that no spirit shall follow me home and shall be forevermore San Gianaros banished to this house of residence you're laughing. in the name of God. You're laughing, but I, I, I'll do that. I'll, you do it. Just do for it. extra protection. Like I, The sheer force of your will. Like will protect you and a, a prayer. This is the thing. I love horror movies. Love them. Like they are probably my second favorite or maybe third favorite. It probably goes like, you know, sci-fi movies, fantasy, some mixture of those two and then horror movies. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, But I, I don't love them to where I'm like, I want to experience that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have no desire to have a, an encounter of the paranormal variety. Like, I think the concept of extraterrestrials is so neat. And I think they're out there somewhere. I don't ever want to get abducted. You know what I'm saying? I don't... I'd just, just rather not. I'd just rather not, like... <laughs> I'll fore, forego all that. So, and I've been in locations in the past that have just like Anthony have been said to be been haunted. One was a house that my cousin lived in when I was in high school and dude, the house was creepy. It's a, it was an old sort of white antebellum ish home across the street from uh, MUW in Columbus, Mississippi, Mississippi university for women. Right. Yeah. Very creepy old house. Uh, I never saw or experienced anything there where I was like, oh, yeah, this place is haunted. Dude, it's late right now, right? We're recording late on Thursday night. Jesse went to bed about an hour ago. I'm sitting in the, the kitchen Ooh. by myself, and I just got that fucking, you know, that feeling like something's behind you. I'm freaking myself out here. You know, that house is very, very old. Well. Anything could have happened at that home. I looked up the history on this house. Did you really? Yeah. What did you find? Nothing. Nothing to be worried about. And I've, once again... so That you know of. So, when I first moved to Birmingham, though, uh, I lived with my first roommate, Josh, and a married couple. We lived there for three or four months before we got a place of our own, like, that Josh and I moved into. Uh, and then shortly later, uh, after that, you moved to Birmingham. Well... Do you remember this one time before I lived in Birmingham? We came to visit Birmingham to visit Josh and hang out, and it was a big group of us. 
and we're staying in this house that I first lived in. And this house, people were like, yeah, it's haunted. It's We're pretty sure it's haunted, right? Yeah, I remember this. And I never experienced... I had one sort of spooky thing happen, but I think it was a result of like my mind playing tricks on me. Manifestation. Like late at night, you know what I'm saying? I didn't see a ghost, but something sort of spooky happened, right? But... This one thing that happened that at the end of the day, I think might have been a prank from either Josh or one of the other people staying at the house that night. But this house had a basement. I was sleeping in the basement. I believe you were sleeping in the basement. One of the other guys that came to Birmingham with us slept on a couch upstairs. And when he woke up that morning, there was a chair that was on another in another room sitting right beside him. Like the chair had been moved from somewhere else right next to him where he was sleeping. Almost as, like, as if somebody had been watching him while he was sleeping. Right. Like like someone saw him sleep on this couch and was like, oh, I'll pull up a chair and watch him while he's sleeping. And the weird thing is, is when we moved the chair, there were indentations in the carpet. where like As some, if something had sat in the chair. Something heavy had sat in it to make it. Like I'm saying, that could have just as easily been a prank by one of the other guys in the house that were like, they were real good at being a prank superstar and were like, I'm never going to give it up. Like, I'm just going to let them roll with this. <clears throat> so that's that's my only slightly spooky thing that I've been, you know, part of. And, and I'll be completely honest, when that happened, I got a shower and we got the hell out of the house for the rest of the day. I was like, we're going to go right. do stuff in Birmingham. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I agree that this house is haunted. One I, time. I have a couple of stories, but you know, I'm pretty sure I've told them all before. I think so. Um, and it might be better on Jesse's podcast anyway. Yeah. Um, I had one thing happen at the house I live in now. You know the hallway that goes from our living room back towards the bedrooms? Yeah. You know, there's that small storage (coughs) closet in the hallway, right? Right. So one night, late at night, I was up playing video games. And I had actually decided, okay, it's probably time to turn it in. Turn the Xbox off. um, Was getting ready to go to bed. And all of a sudden, a light turned on in the hallway. And I look down the hallway, and that storage closet door is open, and the light is on in it. And I freak out. And I just sit there. Like in a horror movie when someone's staring at something crazy, and you're like, don't just sit there, run. Right? Right. I'm sitting Fly, there, you fool. I'm sitting there looking, and as I'm watching, the light turns off. Whoa. I almost vomited. I was so scared. And then I'm like, because that's the way I have to go to get to the bedroom. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going down this hallway ever again. I guess I sleep on the couch now. Yeah. And just like, as I'm trying to process, the light turns back on. (sighs) So this is twice, three times that it's turned on or off seemingly by itself. So somehow I gather the courage to wheel down the hall and look in the closet and guess what's happening. What's happening? My cat, Walter, is standing on a box, and the light is one of those string lights where you pull a string to turn the light on, and he's playing with the string, turning the light on and off. Oh, my goodness. 
Does that make you feel ridiculous? Oh, it made me feel... I was so relieved that I didn't have a chance to be embarrassed right away. But I was scared for a second. Mm. (laughs) All right. You want to hear from our buddy Jim? I do. Indeed, I do. Okay. Let's hear what he has to say. Jim. Here we go. Hawes and Mr. Crusher. How you guys doing? Um, so I wanted to go over a couple things. Uh, when you guys talked about the dice and that it might have been deliberately left there for uh, Kylo to find, I thought that was really cool. A really cool idea. Like, hey, remember when it was, you know, Han and Leia and, and Son, you know, flying around the Millennium Falcon, uh, you know, going on family vacations like it's a Winnebago or something. Uh, so I thought that's a really, that gave me a really cool idea of when, remember the good times, Kylo, remember the good times. And uh, you probably know that the Millennium Falcon showed up in Spaceballs, uh, Mel Brooks' Spaceballs for a minute. Uh, if you don't, it's by the diner, um, outside the diner when the uh, alien jumps out of the guy's chest. But uh, what would you think if uh, Lone Star's Winnebago showed up for a split second in one of the Star Wars movies, like flying by fast so you could barely see it. I think it'd be cool, a little ridiculous. But uh, when I brought up Boba Fett versus Jango Fett, um, I know it sounded like Jango, I think Jango would win, but I actually think Boba Fett would win. Um, I brought it up because I kind of wanted to hear Hawes' Hawes's, uh, headcanon, like what you've read over the years, what you think really happened. I think the real way you figure it out is... Uh, who, who, how you figure out who's more badass is ask yourself who was born in the harder time period. The armor kind of says it all to me. You can see Boba Fett has been through a lot more experiences than Django, and Boba's more jungle and Django more city. You know, all sequels go to the city and they're never as good. Jurassic Park, Home Alone, Predator, and Babe 2, Pig in the City. <laughs> Uh, so on to the story about me being a dumbass. Uh, I do call you Mr. Crusher, Will, uh, in reference to both Ass and Wesley Crusher. Uh, when I first realized you were not Will Wheaton, I wasn't sure how to let you guys know. Uh, at first, I was thinking I'll prank you, find some Star Trek quote, and start saying how much it meant to me and be like, Will, Will, when you were on the bridge of the Enterprise and said to John Luke, blah, 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 and build it up like Will Wheaton was my idol and force you guys to break it to me. But uh, I, I don't know. I decide the other way. But seriously, the only way I could confuse you two is because I know nothing of his work other than Stand By Me. Uh, never got into Next Generation or Big Bang. Uh, when I first recorded the Will Wheaton voicemail, I sent it in, and then I played it for my wife. She said, ugh. Uh, I wouldn't send that in. And I said, I already sent it in. And she's like, ugh, (laughs) makes it sound kind of stupid. I said, I know, but I think (laughs) they'll think it's funny. So here's another one. So 10 years ago, I was on the top floor, if you know what I mean. Uh, I was as high as I could get. And I love to watch movies with no idea what they're about. And I wanted to watch a kid's movie. So I put on Pan's Labyrinth. (laughs) (laughs) At this time, I was renting DVDs and copying them and sending them back uh, and watching the copies when I had the chance. 
even though there were subtitles, I was down. I watch a lot of foreign films like Will. Uh, so the first thing that threw me off watching the movie was, as far as not being for children, was when the bad guy looked at the camera and said, fuck you. Uh, but with powerful denial, similar to the Wheaton denial, I was like, maybe that's not as bad of a word in other languages. <laughs> so after that was the scene where the bad guy caught the father and son poachers. And a few moments later, he started smashing the son's face in with a wine bottle. I started screaming, dude. Uh, totally messed me up. <laughs> so, And uh, another one was The Descent. I didn't know what, I had no idea what it was about when the all-girl cast got stuck in the cave uh, while they were spelunking. I thought it was a survival movie. And then they put the flashlight on that fucking bat monster, and I flipped out. Um, I figure that is long enough of a voicemail, and uh, I'll give you the secret recipe, the bologna Big Mac-style recipe uh, next time, and... uh, I'll give you a hint. Um, you remember Marge's dessert dogs, Marge Simpson? It's uh, it'll it's in re- reminiscent of that. But uh, ignite the green, gentlemen. See ya. Oh man, have you ever seen that movie Descent? Will? No, I know the premise. I but I don't know what it's about. I've never seen it. It's. I know these people go cave diving and they find something horrible and all die pretty much. It's intense it's it's i would say i don't know i don't have a good like barometer for this thing but i feel like it's a a fairly underrated horror movie like i i went to the theater to see it and thought it was pretty good but yeah you you know it's these ladies they go spelunking they get lost in this huge like cave system and then it turns out there's these crazy like inbred mutated hill people who like don't have eyes because if I remember correctly, it's been a while because like they basically live and grew up in this cave system. They've never been on the surface. (laughs) It's pretty horrifying. Um, I know a couple of guys, you know, them too. Will. it's kind of reminds me of bone Tomahawk bone Tomahawk was traumatizing when I saw that. It's, it was like a horror movie, kind of. It's not. Oh, it definitely is. It's um. It's not unsimilar, like unsimilar, but it's got more like the the creatures are humanoid, but less humanoid in the descent. If that makes sense. Yeah. They're definitely yeah. more monstrous in appearance. Where you could say right. like the the killers in Bone Tomahawk are still are just like mutated humans. Yeah, self mutated almost. Right. Right. Um. Anyway. I know a couple of guys, and like I said, you know them too, Will, who had just sort of started hanging out and decided that they were going to go to the theater for an enhanced viewing of Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, yeah, I know those guys. Yeah, and one of the guys was newly enhanced. Like He he, he was not enhanced. He had not he been was, enhancing himself for a while. He was a noob. And after the movie... Like that's that's an intense enhanced movie from from their story, from what I understand. I love that fucking movie though. My eyes were like saucers. <laughs> that entire movie, I was like, "What is this? What <clears throat> is this?" Okay, so we got an email from our buddy Sean. Yo, Halls and Will. There's been a lot of episode nine theories discussed recently, and I got the itch to write in and submit one of my own. 
One of the things that has me most excited about Episode 9 is trying to figure out how they're going to handle the Resistance defeating the First Order. Given how we ended Episode 8, I'm left to believe that the Resistance is basically a ragtag team of leftovers and the First Order still has a large military at its disposal. How do you think they'll, they'll deal resolve that difference? There have been theories thrown out that believe a bunch of help will show up in response to Leia's plea. I think that could happen, but will it be enough? I don't believe they'll go down any kind of similar storyline as Return of the Jedi, considering some of the flack J.J. received after The Force Awakens mimicked elements from A New Hope. I think it would be crazy to see them utilize Finn's background as a stormtrooper and have him try to get more people from the First Order to split ranks, similar to some of the Battlefront 2 story elements. Maybe Finn can open their eyes to some of the atrocities that have taken place. How nuts would it be to see helmetless stormtroopers and resistance fighters going up against the First Order? I feel like it could lead to some intense battle scenes. The fractured relationship between Hux and Kylo could make this even more interesting. Imagine if Kylo finds a form of redemption by standing up against an incredibly, increasingly hostile and violent Hux and his masses. Just the idea of Kylo and Rey cutting down stormtroopers like a scene out of 300 blows my mind. Kylo would obviously have to die, though, because there's no life for him after all the things he's done. Would you guys like something like this, or does it perhaps blur the line between good and evil too much? I'd love to hear what you guys think. Keep up the great work. Sean. P.S. Halls. I'm not trying to rub it in, but I'm excited to hear how your haunted hotel stay goes at celebration this year. <clears throat> oh, boy. Um, You know, I've seen that thrown I could around. dig it. I could dig as it, far, too. I could dig it. The one thing I'll say is, so you've seen the deleted scenes from The Last Jedi, right? Uh, Yes. Yes, I have. You've seen the alternate take on the Finn versus Phasma battle. Yes. Where in the middle of it, he's like, when when the chips were down, you turned the shield off on Starkiller base. You're a coward. You're, I'm a traitor. You're a traitor. And then, like, the stormtroopers, like, start looking at themselves, and then Phasma kills them. Right. Like, had they left that scene in, that part of it, I would almost feel like it was even more likely that that was going to happen because that sort of plants the seed for that scene, that sort of thing to happen. Yeah. And if it does happen, like, I don't think it's a matter of blurring the lines between good and evil too much because Finn was part of the First Order and realized what was going on was fucked up so like if it happened with more people on a bigger scale i wouldn't feel like that was like oh i don't know you're turning stormtroopers good <clears throat> i could like i said i could kind of dig it and and like it would be a neat element thematically in finn's overall story yeah because what we know about the first order's sort of stormtrooper program is they basically kidnapped kids from their parents and brainwashed them and turned them into stormtroopers, right? That's as far as I know. I mean, that's definitely seems to be what happened to Finn. You assume that happened quite a bit. Yeah, so, they said he took him from a family he didn't know, right? Yeah, and, and like uh, Hux has that whole thing about his, his uh, stormtroopers, you know, raised from birth and, and stuff like that, so... 
and then what we know from the video game, but I it's been a minute, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know if there's a whole lot in the video game about at least the First Order side of things, but you definitely get the storyline of, you know, like um, Inferno Squad turning good. At least Dell yeah. and... Um, there's some hints that they're raising. Not a lot of them, but right. they're youth. So, yeah. But I guess that program wasn't started until they were older anyway. <coughs> um, the First Order Finn yeah. program. I don't know. So how old would you say Finn is? Ooh, dude, uh, 23 or 4. Yeah, uh, mid-20s. So yeah. that would probably put that, let's say, okay, let's just give him uh, a hypothetical age of 25, okay? If Finn is 25, then that means he was abducted as a kid about five years after Return of the Jedi-ish. So, that First Order program got kicking pretty, not too long after Return of the Jedi is what I'm saying. Somewhere in the 5 to 10 range, I would say. Somewhere in there. Okay. So, next up, we got an email from Amber. Hey, Halls and Will. I know this is probably a silly thing to admit, so please forgive me. But for some reason, I occasionally find myself saying Roger, Roger, when someone asks me to do something Roger, for me. Roger. Not in the voice, of course. Though I don't You're not really, the only one. Though I don't really remember the last time I watched any of the prequel movies, if at all since they were first released. As such, I thought I'd ask you guys, are there any quotes from Star Wars or other fandoms that have found their way into your everyday vocabulary? Thank you, and keep up the fabulous podcast. Sincerely, Amber. Oh, Will and I do that shit and have been doing that kind of shit since we've known each other. Since before the land of time. Not just Star Wars related either. It started out with Aqua Teen it, Hunger Force. It sure did. That's what I was going to say. We do a I, lot of I, Aqua Teen quotes. Haas and I specifically do a lot of Aqua Teen quotes. And I do a lot of Aqua Teen quotes. It just was at a time in my life. I loved Aqua Teen at those you know, years. Yeah. Um, I think one of the best ones, or not the best ones, one of the ones we do most often is <clears throat> a Carl quote. So like, if I'm like, I don't know. like, I don't know if I want to go if I want to watch Star Wars today or tomorrow, and then we'll be like, are you kidding? Uh, Both. Both. (laughs) Um, I use uh, Obi-Wan's hello there every time Walter jumps on my lap. My dad, when I was growing up, used to hit me with, you know, when John Luke and I would fight or something, he would be like, you know, there are alternatives to fighting. Classy and classic. Yeah, that's my dad. Um, yeah, but I don't have any, like, I know I do it all the time, but it's goofy shit. Like, a lot of times I just do it to annoy Jessie. That poor lady, she's got the patience of a saint. <clears throat> all right. So, this is... Being in the car with the two of you when you're driving is so funny. Why is that? I don't know. It's just like... Hearing the two of you back and forth, like giving each other directions and where to turn and stuff like that, it's just hilarious. You could, you could sell that. I could record it and sell it. Why is that funny? 
It just is. I don't know how to tell you. Like in a bad way funny? No, no, not in a bad way. All right. All right. Next up, we've got an email. Hello there, Sir Halls and Will. H. Jacoby here. Relatively new fan and first time writing in. Well, nice to hear from you, buddy. Recently, I was watching The Last Jedi, and I had a thought I wanted to throw at you two. We don't know exactly how long Luke has been on Ock 2 before Rey arrives. He must have explored the island, and he obviously at least knows about the dark side cave that Rey discovers and has her own revelation in. Do you think he has ever ventured in there? And if he did, what do you think the Force showed him or would have showed him? We know it feeds off of your fears and desires. What are your thoughts? Also, if you were to go in there, what do you think would be shown or seen? And a final thought for all of us out there. Be good to yourselves and be good to each other. H. Jacoby. P.S. You don't have to read this on the air if you don't want to. Now we'll go ahead and read it. A while back, you guys recommended the Grayscale podcast with your buddy Evan, and I gave it a shot. Gotta say, it's great, and I can't wait until they're back from their hiatus. Reason I bring it up is my brother-in-law and I started our own podcast that's kind of in the same vein as Grayscale. The format of our show is super simple and straightforward. We're three dudes getting together once a week just shooting the bull about anything that catches our interest and, most importantly, isn't our day job. We cover all topics from sports, comics, movies, tech, Star Wars, and everything in between. Before we actually started recording regularly and before we were publishing publicly is when I gave Grayscale a shot via your recommendation. Hearing their format and, in my opinion, seeing how well it works gave me the final push I needed to make our podcast happen. I just wanted to thank you personally for the recommendation that has given me and my brother-in-laws the motivation to start this fun little hobby that allows us to hang out and have a great time at least once a week. I'll write in again and give a, my brief origin story of how I found your podcast and became a regular listener. Keep on keeping on, fellas. H. Jacoby from the Not The Day Job podcast. Well, right on, buddy. I will, uh, I'll subscribe to you guys and check you out. Yeah, um, <clears throat> Anytime you're doing something you love, you know that's where pure joy is. What do you think? What do you think about Luke? Do you think he ever went into that dark side cave? If he did, what do you think he saw? I'm sure he did, and he saw whatever his fear was. Oh, probably, um, probably him passing on the Jedi knowledge and it fucking everything up anyway. <coughs> so, my question would be: We know when Luke got to Octu. He cut himself off from the force. Right? So if he were to go to that cave. That's true. He might just see a stone wall. Right. Would it would it have affected him? But let's say, you know, he gets to Octu. Um, he clearly before he cut off cut himself off from the force, he at the bare minimum sensed the dark side energy in that cave. Cause like he, I mean, cut himself off from the force. How do you how do you go across that? giant chasm on a pole skewer the fish and bring it up being cut off from the force pure fucking skill pure fucking sheer will yeah <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure there's another apparatus we didn't see that brings the fish up from down there yeah um but let's say like okay let's say luke um 
before cutting himself off from the force, gets to Octu, senses the cave, goes and checks it out. I kind of wonder if if he would have checked it out, even if he wasn't cut off the, from the force, because if he sensed that kind of dark side stuff going on. like. But anyway, let's say he does. I think you're pretty spot on. But the thing is, is like, it seems like in this part of the timeline, Luke is basically living his worst fear. He he brought the Jedi Order back and sort of failed. And now, because of his failure, there is a successor to Darth Vader out there doing evil shit in the, the universe. And it just so happens to be his nephew. So I kind of feel like he would see like, you know, like you said, it sort of plays on their hopes and their fears. So maybe he would see a vision of what would have happened had that not gone wrong. And like Kylo is some ultimate guardian of the light side or, or good. And, and that's, that's good. Maybe it would have showed him everything that he could have been uh-huh. like, just reinforce how bad he actually messed up. By showing him what he, what it, you know, what it could have been. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that could have very well been the case. Man, that would have been fucking heartbreaking to see, too. Right. Oh, right. Oh. Damn. Damn. All right. Next up, we got an email from our buddy, Frazier. Hey, Halls and Well, on the subject of misconceptions. Oh, I love these. From the last show, I thought I'd share my small but pretty stupid one. Since my ever my first ever viewing of Star Wars Episode 1 up until seeing him again in the Clone Wars year before last, I thought Chancellor Valorum was actually Chancellor of the Law Room. And his kind of job description, as in his kind of job description. I was so young at the time that I didn't understand politics and he kind of worked in government law room. So yeah, it made sense to me and I never heard anything else about him to correct me as he fell off the radar after episode one. Obviously, he then reappeared in Clone Wars and I have grown wiser and it was so damn obvious. I had to take a moment to think, damn, that was so stupid. Have a great <laughs> year, new year from me, from Frazier. Oh man, Chancellor of the Law Room is from now on how I will refer to that character. Chancellor Valorum, Chancellor of the Law Room. Hello, Chancellor of the Law Room. <laughs> That's so awesome. Isn't oh, it, though? I love I like those. That. I love these Star Wars misconceptions. Like, because we've all had them. It's, you know, especially if you're like a, a long term fan, you have so many years in between big Star Wars events to like think right. about Star Wars, or especially if you grew up with Star Wars before the internet, like, you know kids would tell you all kinds of crazy bullshit about star Wars or comic books. And you'd be like, yeah, that's probably, probably right. Yeah. That sounds about, that sounds about right. They would do that. All right. Next up, we have an email from our buddy, Johnny at the, my star Wars life debt blog. Hey, halls and will just listening to the last episode and had some comments on your Luke Skywalker costume at the end of the force awakens and his possibly leaving Octu. before the end of the force awakens. According to the Visual Dictionary, Luke is wearing his ceremonial robes because he had just attempted to burn down the tree, but failed and went to, to the ridge to contemplate the failure, and then Ray turns up. 
According to the TLJ novel, after Luke senses Leia in her coma, he regretted his choice to hide and on his way to tell Rey to tell her he was going to leave with them, but changed his mind after seeing the hand-touching moment. Keep up the great work, and thanks for the great podcast. Cheers, Johnny. So That's good to know. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't too far off when I thought maybe that's what he, he was up to and while he was wearing those Jedi robes. <clears throat> that makes that scene, in, once again, in The Last Jedi, so heartbreaking, knowing like Luke is ready to join the fight again. And then like, if he could just see past his fear and his failure with Kylo, then he would have, he would have been there. You know what I'm saying? Right. But he can't get over that because he can't leave that behind. It's too deep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next up, we have an email from our buddy, Eric. Oh yeah. This is going to be good. My dear brothers, Halls and Will, good day to you fine gents. Hope this email finds you well. Let's get into the business. Stupid iPhone. I had a voice message last week for you all, and I couldn't get it to send. I kept having it returned to me. Anyway, I will recap that business. A few weeks ago, you were both talking about canon, and I believe you are both right. With all the new material, books, comics, television, and the movies, there are going to be pieces that don't make sense or don't fit into your head canon. As you guys said, that's fine. Just don't crap on someone else's canon if that works for them. It's the approach I've taken with old EU stuff and the modern era. My most recent piece for me is the Vader comic and hinting that Palpatine had something more to do with it. I'm just letting that go by. If it works for someone else, awesome. It's all Star Wars and it's all good. Even when something doesn't work for you, it might work for someone else. Number three, roleplay gaming. Okay, so I have enjoyed listening to both of you talk about Dungeons & Dragons and listening to one of your Patreon role-playing episodes. D&D came out right when I was in high school. My best buddy loved D&D, and I loved and still do my superheroes. I just didn't get it. My bad. Now I want to get into it and can't find anyone to introduce me to D&D. Everyone has been playing for years. Will, any tips on how to break in... I would totally groove on it now. Also, I have finally started to break into Star Wars RPGs again. I had tried it through a local group a few years ago, then that group disbanded, and it has taken a while for it to reform. So I need some help with my character. His name is Zar Zobo, a Moralian Mystic Seer. My Force abilities include healing slash harming and and foresee precognition, with my other abilities, Expert Tracker, Uncanny Recognition, Grit, Keen-Eyed, Rapid Reaction, and Sense Danger. My morality involves the conflict between compassion and hatred. I am motivated by faith, friends, family, and the natural world, being in tune with the natural force. I carry a blaster pistol and an emergency medipack. I'm 21 years old. I was a Padawan in the Jedi Temple. My master may or may not have died, yet me and the player crew were all with another Jedi order or with another Jedi after Order 66 who recently passed away. So I need more of my character's backstory. Halls and Will, you are my only hope. Help me come up with an awesome backstory. Can you mix in that I have visions of my master so I don't know if he or she is alive or dead and that I am tempted to the dark side? May the force be with you always. Hoth Eric. Okay, buddy. 
why don't you kick it off and give our buddy Eric some pointers on breaking through that D&D door, busting down um, the D&D door. The D&D door. Uh, what you can do is, hopefully if you live in a large enough metropolitan area, in a big enough city, there are gaming stores who will have groups that rent tables out. There should be an ever-revolving group of D&D people that come to the game store to do their weekly games. And you should be able to find a welcoming group in that section. Or you can hit up Facebook or Reddit or you know Instagram. Any of the social medias should be able to put you in contact with someone that could play with you. Hopefully locally. That's the way I like to play best. But you can also find um, through these social medias or Reddit or I, guess, I don't know if looking for group has a D&D section. But you can find people to play with online in stream you know, over your webcam or Skype or something like that. Um, but there's all kind of communities out there. D and D is currently in a, a resurgence of popularity, and I, I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's a wonderful way of for people to get together and spend time together, uh, coming together to do something creative as as a team. Yeah, I, you know, it's more than a game. D and D is definitely having a bit of a renaissance currently. Tabletop gaming in in general. Yeah, I think those are some excellent pointers. Um, as far as your character, your character sounds badass, and their backstory. <coughs> yeah, the... I hate to create another man's backstory, but I. Do you I mean, have I like what you him? got so far. I may have to like this. May be something that I have to like think on for a second. It's a little. I mean, the the best response will be thought out. But right off the bat, I mean, you basically did your own thing. You you know, tempted to the dark side. You know, you should tailor that to how specifically that character is tempted, and um, that would be awesome. You know what I like doing? Visions of your dead master. I like that too. I mean, you've written it all yourself. Honestly, you did all the work. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. See, the thing is, is you know what I like doing in role playing, and it's actually what what we did with Robbo is you sort of work on your backstory with the game master, the person yeah. running the game. And then that allows them throughout the story to mix in little elements or references to your backstory. Yeah, you know? tie and, your history into the into the game world. And I like holding some of that backstory back, like away from the other characters. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, because, so they can discover it later. Yeah, like I think that's a really cool way. So maybe do that. Maybe work with the person running the game. Tell them what you have so far. Bounce ideas with them back and forth. And then, like, you know, it can be a surprise to the other players and even to you sometimes when the game master sort of weaves in that those elements into the game. All right, moving right along, making headway. Love hearing from you guys. I think we can do it. I think we got three more emails, so I think we can close, Trace out, this, <laughs> close out this week and... And get to all you guys. All right. Next up, we have an email from Laura in Texas. Hey, Halls and Will. It's crazy to think that in a few weeks, we'll have an episode nine title and the speculation and hype train will begin rolling in earnest. So before we have an inkling of what we're in for, what Easter eggs, name drops, references would you think should would be cool in episode nine? 
These aren't deal killers, just the sort of thing that would bring a huge smile as J.J. ties up this nine-part saga. For my own part, I would love a Padme reference, and I would be over the moon if we got some more Kyber Crystal lore. Thanks for all you do, and I look forward to hanging out on for the ride during 2019. Sincerely, Laura in Texas. Ooh. Ooh, my Anakin. Anakin is my... The one I want. That's the one. That's up there for me. Uh, a Padme reference of some. Padme would be kick-ass. See, like you could almost have those two things happen at once. An Anakin appearance and he references Padme in some way. Ooh. Great. You know, the surprising thing to me in the sequel trilogy has is that we haven't seen um some of the planets the previously established planets and i understand the need to introduce new uh, environments and planets into star wars and you know there's definitely a good handful of planets that make no sense for them to go back to right why would they need to go back to hoth why would they need to go back to indoor although crate you know like yeah, creates a one and done planet. Abandoned. You know, you all these places were the setting because <laughs> they were remote and abandoned. Yavin four. Mm-hmm. I mean you could go back to visit the temples or an old rebel base, but Right. I mean, you but, already know it's there. What but like I would love to see Coruscant again in this era of Star Wars. Like besides the prequels, we get the briefest little look at it in the end of return of the Jedi, the special edition. Right. So like, it'd be cool to see what Coruscant looks essentially 50 years after the last time we really saw it. Well, Coruscant may be on its way to a resurgence with, I mean, I assume the galaxy's capital in Hosnian experienced rapid growth while it was the capital. And then now that it's all gone, the Hosnian system is gone. Maybe Coruscant is going to have a little, resurrection yeah i don't know i just feel like okay so in the storyline of what happens after return of the jedi they decide to move the capital of the republic around so it's not concentrated in one place and like one area of the galaxy doesn't solely get the benefits of having like the capital seat in that area right and I believe the first location after Return of the Jedi that it was set was Chandrilla, which is the home planet of Mon Mothma, right? And then sometime between that and The Force Awakens, it moves to the Hosnian system, to Hosnian Prime. Um, I just feel like, so, the Jedi Temple was on uh, Coruscant, right? And uh, yeah. through some Clone Wars stuff and other canon stuff, we've basically learned that somewhere deep beneath the Jedi Temple is an ancient Sith Temple, like way deep below, somewhere in the layers of Coruscant. And then after the prequels, the Emperor took over the Jedi Temple and turned that into the Imperial Palace. So, like, I just see, like, there's such cool opportunities to have a return to that Jedi temple. Not that they would, they're going to do that. Like there's no indication. I just, 
I would love to see Coruscant. I'd love to see Naboo. I want to see what Naboo looks like now. You know, chances yeah. are it doesn't look crazy different, but still. Um, so either one of those planets, either in like reference form or Easter egg form, that'd be really cool for me. <clears throat> but just like Will, Anakin's my number one wish. Numero uno. All right. Uh, first up, or next up, we got an email from our buddy Eric. Hey, Halls and Will. I'm a first-time emailer, but have been a listener since near the beginning and gave you guys the five-star review telling everyone Blue Harvest is as good as Woody Harrelson eating the booty like groceries. Nom, uh, nom, 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 nom. Perfect. Normally, I don't write into things, but I had to share a moment I had listening to you guys early the other morning. I get up at 5 a.m. to beat the Houston traffic to work and had just turned on my car to back out of the garage. Blue Harvest picked up from where I left off, and the very first thing out of Halls' mouth was either either a complete brain trip or proof that he's a cyborg. It went something like the link below, YouTube link to Family Guy Star Wars. Oh, I wonder what he's talking about. <laughs> I don't remember doing that. That's the um the Imperial interrogation droid though. No, that's that's the uh probe droid. That's probe Joe as the probe droid. I shot hot ass coffee out of my nose. Yeah, laughing. yeah, the interrogation. Yeah, the probe droid. Yeah. Uh, I shot hot ass coffee out of my nose, laughing so hard, and had to go change my shirt. But Halls laughed at himself and kept on keeping on. A quick question. I had is if either of you had time to play the fantasy flight rebellion game. I know it's right up your alley, but it's time consuming as hell. I found a buddy of mine who also wanted to play and it's crazy addicting. If you haven't given it a shot, I, I recommend picking it up or finding someone who has it since it's a bit pricey. Thank you for both your, for both of your hard work and content. Blue harvest is one of the three can't miss podcasts I listen to that take precedence over others as soon as an episode drops. Here's to many more years of awesome awesomeness, Eric from Houston. Oh, thanks, buddy. Um, thank you, thank you. I own that Fantasy Flight Rebellion game, and I have yet to play it. Steve and I always talk about playing it, and it is crazy complicated. Like, is it really? Yeah the the rule book is like a damn notebook. And I tried to watch a tutorial how to play on YouTube. And like, it's one of those things I'm sure it's, it's much easier, but it's, it's a very complex board game. And I'm, well, it sounds like play. one of those games you can't play. Well, you don't master or even really figure out the first time you play it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's like dude, when you're playing magic, like there, you know, I don't have what, what the hell's going on. If I, uh, if I had more time and money, I would be so into the fantasy flight star wars stuff and i've purchased quite a few of their products i've got a whole tackle box full of the x-wing miniatures for when yeah. they did the x-wing miniature game that game's fun as hell they just brought out the second edition with new rules and stuff and i would have to convert all my old ships it would be a bit of a hassle but the miniatures are so kick-ass looking they're so nicely uh, detailed and painted um like we we're saying that rebellion game, the star Wars card, both star Wars card games they did were really good. They did, um, star Wars. Uh, I think it was just called star Wars, the card game. I bought that 
and several of the expansions for it. Steve and I played that quite a bit because Steve's way into tabletop gaming. That dude oh, yeah, has, he's the tabletop guy. Yeah, he has a board and card game collection that is very impressive. Um, that game's a lot of fun. Steve used to whip my ass in it all the time. Uh, I played Star Wars Destiny, which is their newer card game that's like cards and dice. Hella fun. Just too hard to find the booster packs and stuff around me. So, like, yeah. And it's one of those things like, I want to build up a good deck, but I also want to be able to easily find booster packs for a while. Like, boxes of the boosters were selling out and you could only get them from scalpers on eBay and stuff. So I fell off on I that. I think. My buddy Gray and his wife have a huge collection they of do. Star Wars Destiny cards. Gray and I were messaging each other uh, at one point and talking about trading some cards and stuff when I was super into it. They were really into that game. It's cool. The artwork is cool. It's fun as hell. I just, I, I would want to go back and, and get some of the, the card sets that I missed and stuff. And it's just, there's only so much money. There's only so much time in the day that I have to do all this kind of stuff. Right. Preach, brother. And then the one I really want to check out is Star Wars Legion. Star Wars Legion is basically Fantasy Flight's take on uh, Warhammer, but with Star Wars. So oh, where you, you build, you know, you buy, buy your little army units and paint them and set up the the dioramas and have them fight and stuff. I'd love to do that. And honestly, I probably will take the plunge and buy at least the starter ship set and give it a try because. Jesse and I both really like painting the miniatures, so at the very least, I'll have a nice little collection of some cool-looking painted miniatures. Well, hell yeah. Man, I remember looking at Warhammer stuff when I was a kid, and there was no way I could afford it, and being like, this shit is so cool. I just knew I couldn't afford to get into it, is yeah. what I knew. And like... I'm in a little, you know, I'm in a better place financially now that I'm a grown ass man. So I could afford to buy some Legion stuff. I'm just afraid of buying it. It's sitting in the box unpainted and unplayed with. So maybe one day I would love to. All right. So we got one last email for the night. And this is from our buddy, Utah. Dougie. Dougie. Calls and will. With all these new streaming services launching, I can't possibly afford them all. I'm right. thinking, thinking probably three st streaming services would be my max. Obviously, I'll have the Disney service and Netflix. I don't know if HBO Go, Amazon, Hulu, or DC would be best. Maybe I'll just go for chicken dinners. What are your must-have streaming services? Okay. What do you think? Disney and Netflix. I mean, those are the <laughs> must-haves. I don't have Hulu or anything else. I mean, Hulu would be nice, but I just don't have it. If I were going to get one, it would be a premium one, like probably HBO Go or probably the CBS one. See, I think once Game of Thrones wraps up, I think what I'm going to do is start doing like rotating streaming services. And when they have what you want. Yeah, there'll probably be a couple that are mainstays. I think Netflix will be a mainstay. Disney will be a main mainstay. Maybe Hulu, maybe not, because Jesse and I actually watch like some currently running shows through Hulu, right. and then they got a lot of anime on there too. Um, the movie selection on Hulu is never really that great to me. It's always like 
dollar store movie stuff. Well, not just that. It also seems like anything good is also up on Amazon Prime at the same time. Um, I'm probably going to just keep Amazon Prime because it's like a once a year charge and I get my money back in that two day shipping. Like I take advantage of that that free two day shipping with Amazon Prime. And I, I actually use, like I don't have Spotify or anything. I just use Amazon Prime Music, which you also get with a Prime subscription. It's not as good as Amazon. There's not nearly as or as Spotify. There's not nearly as much stuff, but <clears throat> for when those times come when I somehow caught up on all my podcasts and want to listen to some music, that's what I use. Um, but yeah, like once Game of Thrones is over, I see myself maybe canceling HBO Go until they have something else up that I'm interested in, you know, and then I'll I'll wait till that's all out and get a subscription for a month and binge through it and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um but yeah, like I think the good thing about the Disney service is as from what they've said it's going to be a lower cost service. Uh they're you know, they're planning on it being much less cheaper or much more cheaper rather than Netflix at least to start off with. I think you know, as they build up that library and and more content is on that service we'll see a similar thing to netflix where that subscription price slowly climbs but at least to start off with i think they were saying under 10 bucks so wow that's not that bad you know impressive yeah that'll that'll definitely i can definitely swing that is what i'm saying but it's weird because streaming just a few years ago was like a a nice cheap alternative to having cable. And now that the streaming landscape is becoming so fragmented where everybody has their own damn streaming service now, like NBC announced that they're doing their own, like if it's, it's becoming way more expensive a, a prospect. I, I wonder if there's ever going to be some, there'll be the streaming versus cable war in a couple of years. Oh, I, I think that's probably already going on to some extent, you know. I mean, I know, yeah, I mean, but it'll be, it's, I don't think Cable's winning the fight is what I'm saying. I don't either, but, you know, who knows? I just, um, it does suck. Like, at a certain point, you got to wonder with everybody starting their own thing and leaving Netflix, like, Netflix is and 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 they're doing it like they're really putting the money into the original content. So yeah, I don't know, man. It'll be interesting to see what it's like say in 2 years, 2 or 3 years from now what the whole streaming thing looks like and what is appealing and what's doing well and what's not like you know, I think Netflix and Hulu specifically have such a crazy head start on the whole thing that I think they'll always be popular and successful to some extent unless there's just some crazy financial mismanagement going on behind scenes or something and which i sure hope doesn't happen i hope it doesn't happen too but you know netflix has a a large amount of debt Uh, well they're trying to create their own content right and that's got to be expensive oh it definitely is it's just saying like you know what happens when you've got that much debt, what happens when 
if or when that critical acclaim or those like hot water cooler properties dry up, you know what I mean? Like, let's say <clears throat> a few years from now, Stranger Things is done. Like, they're going to need that next Stranger Things or that next Orange is the New Black or, you know, whatever their next big hit is. Like, they're just going to, you can't just rest on your laurels with one huge success, you know? Well, if there's anything that, I mean, that I know about the entertainment industry is that it takes money to make money. Oh, for sure. And I mean, you always have to be creating. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just, can they keep up? Because Netflix has had an insane track record with original content, like being, and and they've had some failures, obviously, but they also get a lot of hype, a lot of press, a lot of acclaim for their original stuff. So as long as they can keep that up, I think they'll be fine. I think, you know, Netflix as a brand will build itself without having Disney or Fox properties and movies on there, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> but we'll see. All right, buddy. I think that does it for us. It may be a point of, you know, evolution to where you may be in a year from now, we may be like, ah, it was the best thing that ever happened in Netflix losing the Disney stuff because it forced them to evolve. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Anyway. It could be that. Sorry. Um, yeah. Like I said, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Well, buddy, thanks for taking the time to record with me this evening. Oh, dude. Thanks for having me on. Um, you guys, leave us some five-star reviews if you have a chance and haven't already. It really helps us out. Um, for the record, you guys have been killing it with those. Like... We have gotten a strong handful of them over the past couple of weeks. Can't say thank you enough. I see them. I notice them. I appreciate you. Uh, if you like our theme song, check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra. And you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Uh, and that does it. So we'll catch you next week. Until then, it's been Blue Harvest, and I'm Hals Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>